now we can go on to Matthew 13. We're going to read from verses 1 through 9. And this is what the Bible says. That same day, Jesus went out to the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat on in it. While all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, and the plants, the plants were scorched, and they withered away because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. He who has hears, let him hear. That is the parable. Now later on, he interpreted to his disciples, and we're going to go right into it with interpretation. We see this in Matthew 13, starting on verse 18. He said, Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears a message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. Then the one who received the seed and fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. The one who received the seed that fell on the thorns is the man who hears the word. But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. But the one who receives the seed that fell on the good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Amen. Well, now that we read this parable, let's, let's really review what Josh has been talking about, what the parable is. A parable, as we see here, it's, it's a... It's, a heaven, it's, an, it's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. That is, it, parallel, it parallels a story with something else, a, a meaning, that, that, a truth that, uh, that, that comes to the surface and it gets revealed. We see there are stories, and stories tend to stick with us. We tend to remember stories often. And so, and so he used this story along with, 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 the, with another meaning, um, to be there to be discovered. Um, he also mentioned that they make us question what we thought we knew. They, they, <clears throat> they question our confirmation bias, things that we think are true, and, and when we want to research more about them, and we, we just look for a confirmation of what we think we know is true rather than really doing an unbiased research on something to see really what we think is true. It's actually true. So, 
So this is what we, this is what, what parables are, and this is how Jesus Christ was speaking in parables to grab the attention of the people um, at that time. We also see this is, this is, he's always liking the parables to the kingdom of, of heaven. And we have learned that the kingdom of heaven does not refer to something that is going to happen way in the future after we die or after Jesus Christ comes back and we go to heaven. It's really, the kingdom of heaven is really referring to, to the, the time now, what is happening now. It's, it's not what's to come, but it's what we're living at the moment. And so, and so getting this in, 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 in our heads and knowing that it's what what's, what's, we're living now, uh, we have so far seen um, three parables. This will be the fourth parable. And, and we saw the parable first of the hidden treasure, which was a parable um, which was pretty much about the, the value of the kingdom of heaven. Then we have the parable of the wheat and the chaff, which was about the separation and exclusivity of the kingdom of heaven. We have the parable of the mustard seed, which concerns about the potential of the kingdom of heaven. And now we're going to the parable of the sower, which we just read, which is, about the parable, which is the parable about uh, the effect of the kingdom of heaven. And so now that we're going to analyze this parable, we're going to go part by part. Um, now that we read it, let's go over some of the key players in this parable. We first have the farmer. This is the Son of Man. This is Jesus Christ. We also have the seed. The seed is the Word of God. It's the Gospel. The seed life has life. It produces fruit when it's planted, cultivated, and watered. The seed has the power to change one's life. We also have the bird. Remember the one that takes the, 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 the seed. This is the enemy. This is, this is the devil. We also have the soul, which is us. It's our hearts. We, 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 this is the only condition that is changing in, in this parable. It's the same. It's always the same farmer. Um, it's always the same seed. What changes is really the soil, ourselves. Um, we also have the sun, which represents difficulties that we face. And we have the thorns, which represent the worries of life. And so let's keep this in mind as, as, as we go over the parable uh, and then we analyze it. So when I read the first part of the parable again, it's in Matthew 13, 3 through 4, and it says, Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell among the path. And the birds came and ate it up. And so right into the interpretation says, When anyone hears a message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one does, comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed that was sown on the path. And so when you really think about this, when you have a path, this is not that you're planting in good soil. You just... This is the path where, I guess, the sower would just be scattering the seed. It's a place where people walk through all the time. And you can understand that this path, this, 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 this the earth, the soil, would be pretty hard because everyone is walking through there. It could be as hard as, as concrete itself, depending on how much travel that path was. 
So you can see that anything that will land on it will just be there on superficially. It will never be taken by the soil for it being too hard. And it will have no chance. This seed will have no chance of developing any roots. It will be easily taken by any, by any bird or any animal. So people who represent this type of soil, soil have a callous heart, hardened heart. This person does not want, most likely will not just want to understand the word of God, and he will be indifferent towards it. He will not care much about it. They reject the word and do not receive it. They just let it go. It does not penetrate their heart, so it has no way of really going into their hearts, and, and, and they will not take it in for consideration. This could also be a professional Christian who hears the word by who, who hears the word, but not really by faith. To them, it was more of an intellectual faith. To them, church might become just like a social club, just appearing here sometimes. Uh, and, well, there may be even sometimes people who who will be more loyal to an actual social club than than coming to the church and. There is this book by C.S. Lewis called The Screwtape Letters. And in the first letter, we can see an example of how the bird will actually take that seed. Um, there is the author describes this. And I'm going to kind of read what it says. Uh, it says, an atheist man reading at the library. And then the enemy, that is Screwtape in this story, that is that devil who was in charge of him saw that a train, a train of thought came into his hand, through his hand, his head, a train of thought that was leading towards God. And he got worried and said, oh, no. He should not be thinking about that. But I know his, his weaknesses. It's food. So then he suggested to this man's head, saying, isn't it time to go and have some lunch? This person said, yes, I'm kind of hungry. It's midday. I haven't had any lunch, so I might as well go. Then you could imagine and the angel on this other side says, like, oh, but this is such an important subject to be studying about. Uh, you can leave that for later. Then this other devil here says, like, yeah, it's so important that you might as well just um, go to lunch uh, and then come back with a fresh mind, with a with full stomach, so that you can concentrate on what you're supposed to be reading. And he gave in. He went outside of the library. Uh, as soon as, you know, he, there were steps on the library, and then he saw the newsboy talking the news. Then he saw the, tr the, the, the bus that he was supposed to be taking and saying, I need to get there. And in that moment, the battle had been lost for him because he had already gotten that um, part of his everyday life. And then that is when, again, screw tape. Get, got into his head and say, good, you are where you belong. This is what happens when you go to a place and a man on his own starts reading his books, wild ideas come to your head. You could just now remember that these will always be false and you could just keep on going on your life. And so this way, the evil one, when we are trying to hear the message or when we try to get closer to God, he will find anything to get us get away from the Lord. 
So we need to be careful for that. Then we have the second type of soil. These are the rocky places. Um, let's read this in Matthew. Um, some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. Then we can see that the one who received the seed in rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since, he was, since there was no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble and persecution comes, because of the word, he quickly falls away. Now, rocky places really cannot be prepared for cultivation or to be fertilized. And if we remember, this took place in Palestine, and they had rocks, but on the rocks they have limestone. And any, any seed that will be on there will not be able to, to really shoot up, to, to have any fruit or to make any, any, any roots. Why? Because if you think about it, when this, when, this, when this seed is trying to grow, it would just push itself up because there is rock underneath. And as it pushes itself up, the sun will come. These persecutions and all these problems that, we'll get, that we all get would just kill it. It will, it will scorch the, the, whatever little plant was there and it will just die. Now, people here... Um, have a casual heart. Not a callous heart, but now it's a casual heart. It's, yeah, I casually be there. I may go to church. Um, in the beginning, they start all wired up, all energized, and then little by little, little by little, they see the, the, the problems they, they really see that what, what it is to take up your cross and follow Christ. And because the seed and the word that they got was very superficial, it just dies away. And in, in no time, they're going to be back where they, where they started. And so um, this is kind of like when in James we see that person who sees himself in the mirror. And then they turn, they turn from the mirror and then what they see they, they, they forget what they look. Um, and so this is, this is what usually happens uh, in that type of soil. The seed cannot bear fruit because it has no root. That happens when the person does not study the word. It fails to build a foundation of their faith. Today, to them, the word may just be an emotional experience that just fades away. We must not let this happen to us. We need to get into the Word, study it. Let it penetrate our hearts so that it can develop roots in it. So that when trouble comes, we are prepared. Like in the story of the two, of the two men, one who built his house on the rock and the other one who built his house on the, on the sand. What happens when you're in the rock, when you're in Christ? You will remember because you study it. You will remember the promises of the Lord on, on his word. And we will be prepared so that when that happens, and it will happen multiple times, we can be ready uh, with the word of God. And so now we have the third type, which is among the thorns. The word says, Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants. We can see that the ones that received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, 
but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. We know that plants need to, for, for them to grow, they need what? They need space, right? They need water. They need a good soil. Um, they need air. But what happens? What happens when we don't have these things? And not only that, but what happens when we have thorns and weed growing among our plants? Then it will just get choked up. It will not be able to do anything to, produce, to grow and produce any, any fruit. And that is what happens. And I think for most of us uh, here, of course myself included, this is where I struggle the most. Why? Because the thorns are the things outside of the world. Outside in the word, world. Um, a person like this, a person in this type of soil will receive the, the word and even might develop roots, but the thorns, which are the worries of life, the pleasures of the world, the lust for other things, and even the distractions that we put on upon ourselves will we'll, we'll take over our hearts. And it will not let us grow in the Lord because we have all these things around us that distract us from the word of God. Now, that, now, that, now all of a sudden we find out that we don't have time for worship, for prayer, for study Bibles. We just suddenly see that it's inconvenient to be a follower of Christ. We get choked up by the deceitfulness of riches when we think if I could just have that thing, I will be happy. And then we find out and realize that it's not true. We don't want to be the person who buys what they don't need, with the money they don't have, to, <laughs> to sometimes even uh, in trying to impress people that don't even care about us. It does happen. <laughs> a happy man is not the man who has the most, but a happy man is the one who needs the least. So it's not about getting things. Not to say that things are bad, uh, but if they try to, to govern your life, then you, 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 we may be in trouble in thorny ground. So now we go into the good soil. I'm going to read what the good soil says. Still other people fell on good soil where they produce a crop, 160 or 30 times what was sown. So more than what was sown into his heart, that was produced when it was in the good soil. Then Jesus interpreted this, but the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. So we can see here that a plant that is in good soil, meaning that the soil was still, fertilized, and water when the soil, and, the, and then the soil had light, had air, and had space to grow. The seed will germinate, grow, and produce good fruit. People in this type of soil have a convicted heart and tend to be people who not only receive the word, but also allow it to take root by understanding the word, believing it, and most importantly, also obeying it. People will, will bear fruit at different yields accordingly. There is always fruit produced 
different kinds of fruits can be produced. We have the fruits of, um, and I have a list here, holiness, as we see in Romans 6.21, soul winning, as we see in Romans 1.13. We have also the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We also have uh, the, the, the fruit of giving to the Lord, the gift of good works, and the, the fruit of our lips as we praise the Lord. These are different fruits that we can show in our heart, in our lives. Um, when we analyze this parable, we see that we need to examine. See, all of these about this parable, it's so that we examine our own hearts, examine ourselves, not our neighbors, not our brothers and sisters and parents and cousins and our brothers here in church. It's to really analyze ourselves, see where we are. And, 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 and try to lead our lives towards a life that shows a good soil, a fertile soil, a soil that is prepared for the word of God, for that seed, so that it can grow in our hearts, in our minds, and we can then begin to show these, these fruits for others to enjoy. That is why the Lord has given us the seed. We don't have a seed just so that we should just have a seed and that's it. We have a seed for a purpose, and that is of showing um, uh, a fruit. And so I'm just going to ask you a few questions to, to finish this, to end this. If you were, these are not going to be very, very comfortable questions, but <laughs> if you were indicted for being a Christian, if they came here and they were indicted for being a Christian, would they be, or will they be, Will there be enough evidence to convict you? Will they find out about, you know, the evidence? Here's the evidence. Let's put him in jail. <laughs> is there enough evidence that Jesus Christ is involved in your life? Can you see that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, tough questions, right? <laughs> now, what if there has never, ever been a change in your life? What if we're just walking through life with a worldly lifestyle? Tough questions that, uh, to me, are really hard to answer myself. But, but there's got to be some evidence that Christ, that we are in Christ. Because you cannot plant a good seed in the good soil and not see it grow and give, and give fruit. You just can't do that. Uh, I mean, in this, in this parable, we can see four things can happen when we get the seed. Either we reject it, we get emotional about it, we accept it, or we take it fully. We're not going to achieve this 100%. But we have to take the life of Jesus Christ always as our North Star. To make that, the North Star does not move in the sky. It's always in the same spot. So we should take that as our ultimate guide. And always strive to go towards it, to reach him. And so, um, I would like to see if um, we could prepare our hearts for, for some prayer. For us to take in what was said today and to analyze ourselves. We could, if we could just see, um, if we could just bow our heads. Um, 
and, 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 get, and prepare your hearts for prayer. I don't know where you are in your walk with Christ. Only you do. God knows that. But wherever you are, I would love for you to analyze yourselves right now. If you'd like to pray with me, as you have your, your heads bowed, if you could raise your hand. We could pray together. Thank you. Amen. And I would like to see, if, first of all, ask, ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins. Asking to give you strength to become a good soil in your heart. Asking to prepare your heart for the seed to germinate in you, to develop root, to help it grow, to give you strength to produce fruits for him. Asking to not let the enemy take our seed, to not let the flesh and persecution prevent our roots from forming, asking to prevent the, word, the world and its worries to choke out our growth and the fruit of the Lord. Consider giving your life or re rededicate your life to him in obedience to him, just as Christ did a cavalry for the payment of our sins. And finally, thank him for his in infinite mercy and grace in your life so that when we fall, we can always get that grace from the Lord and get up, stand up again, and continue so that we can fulfill His, His purpose for our lives. So that we can keep going for Him on this earth, in this kingdom of heaven. So, thank you.